Good day, I am Squire Faye. Oh, I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> I'm Lady Mint. I didn't know we were doing this. <laughs> Verily, welcome to ye old monster masquerade. <laughs> <laughs> you never start with our names. It always goes the other way around. Ye I don't old, know why I did. Ye old monster masquerade. <laughs> ye old ball. We are not covering anything related to that. But <laughs> I went to the fair yesterday, the red fair, and it was very fun. I want to go so bad. I would go again. Hint, hint. Oh, oh. I just have to get paid. because yeah, I, <laughs> I have so much I'm doing this month. I spent more money yesterday than I probably should have, but I got a cute ring. Nice. And I got a goblet. For oh, reasons. you need a goblet. Everybody needs a goblet. Because, you know, they always do like the... Like, it's it's always marked with the year that you go. Oh, that's cute. So like I have a giant clay like mug or stein type thing that I got a couple years ago. And that's like my D&D cup, right? Because it holds so much so I can fill it yeah. with lots of water or if I'm being honest, usually alcohol. Yeah, that's what it's for. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a goblet. It kind of looks like a candelabra. I want to see it. I don't think I've seen it. I will take a picture when I when I go. Okay, okay. <laughs> when I get okay. it downstairs. I definitely did use it for a little bit of mirth and merriment <laughs> as I was watching Child's Play again. Classic. We're not. We could talk about uh, the scoob and the sword or whatever it was again. Oh yeah, we could. <laughs> but that's not what we're here to talk about. No, it's animated horror time. Yay! My one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Today, we're going to be talking about 1987's Perfect Blue, which was written by Sadayuki Murai and directed by Satoshi Kon. I love Satoshi Kon. He only has like three movies. Yeah, he tragically passed away like way too soon. So I think I saw he was only like in his 40s or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. His last film was Paprika, I believe. Which I've heard very good things about oh, paprika is so good watch. paprika is so good paprika was a tumblr movie oh like, there it were was always screenshots yeah there was like a ton because it's like i don't know a lot of his stuff in reading sounds like it deals with false realities and stuff oh yeah yeah it does it's so i just good. remember a screen cap of the lady in the red dress mm-hmm. the first thing i ever watched by him was actually his anime series paranoia agent Oh, you've talked about this briefly. I have talked about it briefly. One day I'd like to cover it, but it still scares me. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary. It's like, it's not scary in like, a, ah, I'm jump scared horror way. It's just like unsettling. Like whenever you get done mm. watching it, you're like, hmm. <laughs> well, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how I felt after this movie. It has very similar vibes to this movie. So we should probably mention at the top, like big old content warning for stalking and also sexual assault yeah both like 
fictionalized within the context of the story and attempted. Yeah. So if that's not your deal, just be careful. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, because this, I feel like the main theme is stalking and like obsession. Yes. So it's always pretty heavy when that's the main theme. Mm hmm. But it is about an idol turned actress who's having a bit of an identity crisis with her new role in TV. And she has to deal with angry fans who are impersonating her and also just like don't like this new version of her. Yeah, they're like, it's like classic. I mean, you even still see it in idols today, especially in like Japan and Korea. Like they can't date. They have to be pure. They have to be innocent. So she starts doing like more adult stuff and they're like, no, she would never do that. Well, and it goes to like like gross misogyny and infantilizing women anyways, because like mm-hmm. they do still want her to be like super sexual, just like n- on their terms. Right, right. Yeah, it's gross. It is very gross. I I am not super familiar with like idols or um, J-pop oh, or anything like that. Well, I am. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the themes of this also. I feel like have translated really, really well to like current day social media and especially mm-hmm. like parasocial relationships with streamers and content creators. Like it was, it was a lot. And I feel like, I mean, I, I have personally dealt with those weird parasocial mm-hmm. relationships before and it's not fun. Nope. And she definitely goes through that and like major imposter syndrome, yeah. which anybody who's done creative stuff can be like, oh, I feel that. Yeah, I feel like this is very relatable. I think you mentioned like reading something about how as the years goes on, this becomes like more and more relevant. And it's just true. Just yeah, does. so like the, gotten worse, the headline not better. of an article. <laughs> I did not read it. <laughs> but, hey, but you read the headline. so I did. I did read the headline. It's true, though. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually could not find like a ton, a ton of information when I was looking or like modern analysis, but I feel like it calls for it. It does call for it. And I think that's because a lot of people focus on Paprika just because Mm -hmm. Inception was based off Paprika. But there's references to Perfect Blue in a lot of media, Um, even if What's His Face, uh, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, Darren Efkness, yeah, or, so. that guy, Darren whatever, is a tongue twister, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, the guy who made Black Swan, like, he swears up and down he wasn't inspired by Perfect Blue, but, like, the parallels at times are so uncanny. Like, it's like, okay, sure. When I did, I did read, like, Satoshi Kon had, like, a blog or something where he talks about meeting Aronofsky, yeah. and it's like... Y'all met and had extensive, like, an extensive <laughs> conversation about stuff. Like, I don't know, you can say you're inspired yeah. by different media like no one's gonna think you're any less smart i don't know yeah it feels like an ego thing mm-hmm. it's like no i made it and it's like you can be inspired by <laughs> things like because christopher nolan did say he was inspired by paprika so mm-hmm. but i did that yeah and <laughs> i made this i made this, <laughs> I made this. <laughs> um but requiem for a dream also references um perfect blue so i think that's pretty cool i <laughs> i don't have a ton of experience with idols right neither mm-hmm. did uh, satoshi he famously like so he was working on the original run of jojo's bizarre adventure the old anime series oh he was the, yeah 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 oh that's so really cool he actually got picked up because he was working on those ovas and they were like 
oh, hey, you would be really good for like a movie. We want you to direct something. And he was like, I also would like it if I directed something. And so they pitched him Perfect Blue, which is based off of a short story that I couldn't find a whole lot of like stuff about yeah, me either. either. Like, they, they changed a couple of details. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. Even though he like verbatim says that I don't like idols and I don't like horror. <laughs> hmm. And so the original plot of the movie was like much more basic. Like it didn't have anything to do with the internal like fixation or like introspection, right? It was just about a, it, I think I, the plot summary was like a perverted fan follows and or stalks an ex-idol. So he was like, yeah, I will do this movie, but can I change a couple of details? And they were like, yeah, sure, I guess so. So that's where like the writing by Sadayuki Mirai came in because uh, they essentially like worked on it together to add all those other elements that make this movie like kind of unique. It works because it's very unique in the the twists. It's like at times you're like, what? Wait, what? Huh? Like, I, th- I think you were even like, huh? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard to, it's like deliberately hard to follow at parts just because like it kind of relies on, on the unreliable narrator, right? Yeah. Like she so quickly, her psyche starts to fall apart as she's unsure of like who she is that it, it lends itself to the plot very well. It does. I just, I love this movie. I hate calling it like a comfort film because it's so fucked up, but it's like very comfy. I don't know. I, I like this movie. And I think it has to do with the like nostalgic 19, like late 80s, early 90s anime art style. It's just nostalgic. Yeah. There's like a grunginess to this movie that like, it feels, I don't know. It's just very interesting. I couldn't tell if the the backgrounds... They looked kind of painted to me, like a mixed media. Mm-hmm. I was looking for stuff about that, and I just like could not find anything. Yeah, it's real good. I think I think I do enjoy this movie, like for the most part. And most of my issues with it are like larger systemic failings that I, I kind of talked about, like after we had finished it. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, this movie does play into the trope of like person with disability slash disfigurement is bad guy yeah Um, and also like extra twist at the very end is just like a woman who is fat and could be called ugly is the bad guy yeah i think i mean 1980s japan so it's kind of hard because they're still really bad about that in japan which isn't like an excuse but no, for sure, because oh. even, like, Junji Ito stuff can kind of yeah. fall into, like, that stuff. And we are only, like, barely making efforts to get yeah. away from... Usually you see it with, like, characters with, like, cleft palates are often mm-hmm. villainized. Mm-hmm. But it's still definitely a thing where it's like, oh, this person has a disability, so they are scary. Yeah, it's definitely not great. But I do appreciate the approach that this movie takes, like, for the most part. Yeah. Well, and the twist at the end, because like the the friend who, I guess, spoiler, the the twist at the end, the friend who it is like masterminding the whole time, you don't really suspect her at all for the most part. Like you think she's just like genuinely a good friend. She disappears for a bit and then she comes back and it's like, wait, what? Now she's the bad guy? Like she's also having a dissociative episode? Mm -hmm. Because she gets upset. I guess that's when you could be like, huh. What's going on? 
there's a scene where the main character she has to film a scene where she's being sexually assaulted it's like very Mm -hmm. graphic and like no no one's having a good time but the friend is watching she has the least bad like bad time like or the most bad Mm -hmm. time and she leaves and that's kind of when she disappears i think it like makes her spiral oh yeah because like she you find out that she is running like the the blog that is supposed to be like an autobiograph mm-hmm. autobiographical diary. Yeah. That's a tough word. She's like, I am this person. Yeah, she's she's pretending to be her like idol form still. And yeah. she's like, I hate this. I hate what I'm having to do. I want to go back. And then that that further fuels the the creepy guy into like becoming violent. Yeah, she like encourages him to be violent. Mm-hmm. She's like, we have to eliminate the fake one. And this is all stuff that like I fear streaming. Like as a streamer, because uh-huh. I've had multiple run-ins with like parasocial stuff. And I'm like a small streamer. So like I can't imagine how it is for big streamers. <laughs> like people get obsessive and weird. Well, and, like that's they even touch on that at the beginning, because like the group that she's a part of is like they're not that big, kind of popular, but they haven't made it like super big. Yeah, like, they have their fans that are diehard, but mm-hmm. it's not until after she leaves that her two friends like get super super big and make like top one hundred. Yep, I think that can almost be worse too, because then the fans that are your fans have like a superiority complex. Like they're like, I was here first, like yeah, I like supported a, like a them through everything, and like I've been here and. Yeah, it lends to, like, the obsession. Yes, for sure. This movie was also distributed by G-Kids. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they distribute a whole lot of stuff. Like, their their goal is to, like, distribute high-quality anime and Japanese movies to the U.S. So, like, they've done a whole lot of Studio Ghibli stuff. They distributed Evangelion and a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they used um, the creator of Akira's name to like try and hype up this movie. Did he, they? Yeah, he was credited as a special supervisor so that his name would be attached to the film so that more people would want to see it because it was right after the like extreme success of Akira. I think that's very interesting. I guess that makes sense if you have like a first time director too. Yeah. That you just want to like get as many big names attached to it as possible. Yeah. I think they wanted it to do well like in the West, just like Akira did. Because Akira, I feel like arguably like Akira and Ghost in the Shell can be credited to bringing like Japanese culture into the West. As far oh, as, yeah, like, anime. Sure. And then, like, Dragon Ball followed. But I, I really think, like, Akira, Ghost in the Shell are, like, the big ones. I went on a mm-hmm. tangent about that the other day because I was complaining <laughs> about Scarlett Johansson being in Ghost in the Shell and why, like, out of all the things she could, like, whitewash, that is, like, one of the worst. And, oh, right. God, my friends were, like, mint, please. <laughs> Sorry. But <laughs> they were just, like, please. But I just, I, I don't know. That's why, like, you have to be careful with, like, cyberpunk aesthetic because Mm -hmm. it does so often fall into like orientalism yeah and and that's not great it's just because you had those huge titles that were like either set those precedents or like were pretty integral to it yeah and you have to look at the success and be like what did what like what made these things 
so special and it has a lot to do with the culture in japan and it's like very specific to stuff going on in japan america tries to be like no that's ours <laughs> i did this <laughs> like everything it's like no we're, we're in a different kind of dystopia mm. <laughs> but yes that's the, that's the theme for this episode you did this no <laughs> no i did this <laughs> i just ah, i love perfect blue I just love looking at this film. It's very, it's so interesting to it. It's so skeevy too. Like, oh, there's so many like skin crawly parts. Mm-hmm. Like I hate, I hate it. You know what? It actually like kind of reminds me of hmm. um, is Scream 3. Yeah. It's dealing with like all the Hollywood like assault and yeah. creepy old dudes. It reminds me a lot of that. I think this is maybe, I don't know. I think, I think this like approaches that subject more tastefully than scream three does definitely does i like this one because they they yell at the directors i think that scene the like really hard to watch scene is the most Mm -hmm. like horrific scene just because like the actor even knows like he says sorry beforehand it's like Mm -hmm. he's aware it's bad the directors are aware it's bad because they look like kind of disgusted her talent agent is like oh like he's Uh like it's not good it's not good and in the middle of all this like everybody associated with her is like getting murdered that's the funniest thing about like the mm. hollywood stuff it's every time someone gets murdered or attacked they're like it's probably fine You're what worried. a weird coincidence <laughs> it's nothing <laughs> and, like, literally the guy <laughs> the the writer gets murdered after the fucking explosive letter was delivered <laughs> and they were like do you think it's connected <laughs> yes. Like, yes yes probably and they're working on a crime show like the show they're filming mm-hmm. is a crime show and they're like could it be <laughs> yes it could it definitely is what do you mean and, yeah, even her like her main agent or whatever he's just like Oh, if you want to get the big roles, like you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. Like you have to do this really demeaning stuff in order to make it. And yeah. everybody else, like all the all the other women, and like near them, are like, no, no, that's not great. Yeah, it's just not great. She didn't need to do all that, and she's like upset the whole time. And she's like, "This is what I need her to do," but. Mm-hmm. It's really like she does start to like miss her friends and miss making uh, music, but it's like she wants to be taken seriously by everybody else, so she feels like she has to do this. Mm-hmm. Like that conversation with her mom on the phone is so sad because so her mom is like, "Are you like a hundred percent sure? Because you spent a lot of time like working on your music and like saying that this is what you wanted to do." It's sad. This movie is just sad. Yeah. There's a lot of like introspection. And then it starts like overlapping with what she's filming in the show that she's in. And so that gets a little confusing. <laughs> well, that's what, like, and I, I think it's interesting too because like even if you are an actor, right, your body is still going to react to that stress of acting a scene mm-hmm. like you would normally. Oh, yeah. So, like, of course, you're gonna, like, I I said it when we were watching it, but, like, they probably would not have had, like, a quote-unquote, like, intimacy coordinator, but for sure would have called for it, I feel like, if it were being filmed, like, now, um, 
And it was also just like, oh, every, everything is so gross about that scene in particular, but it's just like everyone is there and there are so many like onlookers and I don't know. It's just like, it's, it's, it's like a cruel on an unnecessary level, I feel like. Yeah, I'm glad like a lot of media, I feel like, has stepped away from doing that as shock factor. Yeah, for sure. Because you can imply things have happened without being like, here's this extremely gruesome scene we put our actors through. Yes, yes, for sure. Like, especially when it comes to horror, horror and a lot of times it, it defaults to that um, when it comes to, like, violence perpetuated against women in the genre. But we've also gotten to a place where people are becoming more able to say no to stuff and like have a little bit more control mm-hmm. uh, in, in what they can or can't film. But there's still definitely like part of entertainment where it's just like you will have people who do not accept your no and will just like cancel your career if you if you refuse to participate. Yeah. Anyway, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something else interesting about the movie is like looking at like the computers and how they interact with them. I feel like it dates the movie in a very interesting way because you have someone who should know how to use a computer, but there's a whole scene where she's like trying to learn how to use a computer. So I think that's Mm. kind of interesting to watch. She's like, I don't know how to like Google something, you know, because Google didn't exist. Right. I'm surprised we didn't get any like dial-up noises. Yeah, <laughs> but that's also interesting because like the diary thing is online, so it shows that like the creepos that were on early internet culture, like back in the day, your parents were like, "Oh, don't talk to strangers on the internet," and that's like all you do. But it used to be like really dangerous. Yeah, I don't have a ton of like experience with early internet days or like mm. blogs. Um. I wasn't allowed on the internet. I could play like knowledge games, like learning games. <laughs> cool like, math games. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't allowed to like, I didn't read fanfic. I wasn't allowed on like the message boards and stuff. Right. I think the first YouTube video I ever watched um, was Weird Al's White and Nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Mine was that cat that's like, cat, I'm a kitty cat. And I didn't sense it since she remembered. Well, because someone had like sent it to my mom in an email and was like, this is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and so she pulled it up on, on the family computer, which yeah. was in the living room, I think. Or it might have even been in their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then we waited like 20 minutes for the video to fully load um, and watched it like three or four times. But that's so funny. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I, I, most of what I know, I feel like, is by osmosis, and just like the the emphasis was on like chat chat rooms and yeah. Oh, did you ever do like early day AIM like AOL Instant Messenger? Uh, no, I didn't. But oh I am my. I'm familiar with the like CDs of yeah. like one hundred hours of internet. <laughs> Me and my friends would get on there and like talk to strangers and pretend to be like <laughs> way older women. <laughs> That's we should so not have done that. <laughs> it's so unsafe. I know. It's so funny, though. It's so funny, though, because everyone was, like, lying on there, you know? Mm-hmm. We're, like, fifth graders. We're, like, ASL. We're, like, oh, we're 20. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my lord. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and another, because we're talking about like entertainment industries, right? Another interesting like tidbit is that the TV show that they're filming in the movie is almost directly like a straight ripoff of Silence of the Lambs. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I guess it was. That's so funny. <laughs> it, it like it's it's almost like Silence of the Lambs meets like Twin Peaks a little bit. I love Twin Peaks, but definitely those Silence vibes. Yeah, uh, and that was because uh, Satoshi Kon said that like yeah. That just happened a lot. Something would get really popular in the U.S. and then in Japan, we'd be like, "How quickly can we make a ripoff of this movie?" <laughs> I mean, they did that a lot with Twin Peaks. Honestly, in Japan, mm. there's like a lot of media. I, honestly, that's kind of a vibe I get from the whole movie. Now that you mention it, it's like Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Just like there's a straightforward crime happening, but then there's like all this other stuff going on. It's very good. I didn't realize I wouldn't have as much stuff to talk about for this movie, though. <laughs> it's okay. We can't feel like we haven't really gone over like a ton of the plot. We've just like the ending is so cool. The like the chase think? scene. That chase scene is so intense. Oh it's, my gosh! There's a very intense chase scene, and I love it. I love it. I do hate there is like the fat phobia within the chase mm-hmm. scene. Like obviously, like very prevalent, but. I love that chase scene. I was very confused at first because after she is rescued by Rumi, they wake up and it looks like her room, but it's not because Rumi has made an exact duplicate of her room. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. After she killed all her fish. Why did she kill all her fish? I guess because she was mad. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I was trying to remember like all of the triggers. When we started, because I was like, wait, I think there's a ton of sexual assault in this movie. So I was like, yes. <laughs> looking it up on do- Does the Dog Die? And there were so many like, no, but fish do. No, but a lot of fish die. And I was like, just, I don't know why people it's so people, funny. People die for sure. Yeah. I'm surprised that you like this movie because it does have like eyeball stuff. Yeah. I mean, I like movies with eyeball stuff. I just, it hurts. <laughs> I mm-hmm. Eyeball stuff is my least favorite gore like i have to close my eyes i'm like oh because uh, i get <laughs> i get really bad sympathy pains i don't know i think we've talked about this we might have talked about this mm-hmm. during the evil bed because i don't know if it's like an autism thing or what but like i get right. intense sympathy pains from like most gore and it's usually fine because i'm in pain all the time anyway but the mm-hmm. eyes i can't i'm just like oh well, it makes my eyes like burn. So, right. how much? How much of the movie do you think like actually happened? Like within the contents of of the story? I think like most of it happened. Because like, there's that part where I I don't think the main character murdered that guy. That's the part that I'm unsure of. That's what I think. I don't know how. I think she, she would have found. I think I don't know how her how his clothes would have gotten in her closet. I think the like, friend it planted clear. it. Maybe, but the, the but the dude did the murder, right? Or no, or I, think I guess the if friend it was, did the murder. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she was getting framed, but she was already in a psychological break. So she was like, "What have I done?" <laughs> she mm-hmm. was like fully convinced that she did it, but she didn't. 
And she almost convinces herself that she is writing the blog, or at least there's another part of her that is. Yeah, so she starts hallucinating, like, her fake self. We haven't even said her name. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Her name is Mima. Yes. (laughs) I like Mima. She's very good. I feel bad for her. I think it's very interesting that, like, a lot of, uh, like, quote-unquote, elevated horror... um, has to deal with the question of like who am i and am i real yeah i think that's why i like horror because i'm just asking myself that every day (laughs) 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 am i sitting at my desk with a microphone in front of me honestly we're not gonna that's a different (laughs) podcast we're not gonna talk about why i like horror (laughs) or my personal issues we're not gonna Hmm. do that but yeah (laughs) I, I do think that's why it's relatable. That's why she specifically is so relatable. I love her. Just mm-hmm. she, she's going through it. Like the the scene where she's like, because she always leans her head on the window and it looks back at her. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that's like a feeling that you get. I don't. Maybe not everybody gets it, but I get that feeling like very frequently, where you just feel like you're not yourself, like at all times. Mm-hmm. And maybe that has to do with masking a lot, too, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like sometimes I I will catch myself in a mirror and I'm like, what? Yeah. What is that? (laughs) Who? I was talking about that the other day, too, because I like I felt like I looked nice and I was like, oh, my gosh, I really like my face today. And I have a friend who was like, it's it's the same face every day. And I was like, no, it's it's not. Mm. I don't know how else to explain that other than it's just not. It's not the same face every day. Mm. Yeah, no, I think I think part of also what makes that twist at the very end so scary is just like that betrayal of trust. Because mm-hmm. uh, Rumi, like, yes, she was her agent, but also like gave the impression that she cared very deeply about Mima, like personally. Yeah, well, and uh, she did, but like... <laughs> Right, <laughs> but not for the, not for Mima's benefit. No, sadly not. It may have oh, started she... that way. Like it may have started like a super. She's like, oh, I love this person, but then just like obsessive. Mm-hmm. Like super obsessive. It does kind of make me wonder, like why, why she didn't attach to the rest of the 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 idol group. I think Mima was supposed to be the main girl. Mm -hmm. Because in like a trio, especially, there's usually like a leader type. And I think she was like the leader type. And that's why it was such a big deal that she stepped down. Mm -hmm. But then they did better as a duo. So. And they get a podcast. I think it's very interesting the success that they have without her and how that probably affected her mentally. Because I would be a wreck. Like I would be a wreck like if i was in a group and that was my whole life and the second i left they had success i would be like oh i'm trash (laughs) like i'm not good at anything and like then you're like oh i'm a mediocre performer i'm a mediocre actress Mm -hmm. you just start spiraling which she does she spirals and then she has to deal with the stalker on top of that and then she has to deal with thinking there's like a fake version of herself Mm mm-hmm Oh. And then being in a TV show that, like, 
directly parallels the situation that she is in. Yeah, it's a lot. This character, (laughs) Mima goes through so much. So I I like the the very last line uh, at the end because she goes to visit Rumi in the hospital where she's staying uh, and a couple of nurses see her and they were like, oh, is that Mima? Like, no, that's not her. Uh, she just might. She just like must look a whole lot like this famous person. Because what would she, what yeah. would she do in a hospital like this? Yeah, why would and she? And then she be gets here? on her car and she's like, "No, I'm the real me." Yeah, that is really nice, and it's like implying that she's successful enough that people recognize her now, like mm-hmm. just out in the wild, like everyone knows who she is. Yeah. So she she healed. We love to see it. <laughs> I doubt it was easy for her too but right the part there's another part that i'm not entirely sure if it was like actually gonna happen or not or if it was just like a a scenario that she made up in her head because it made it sound like she was going to return to the group for like a one-time performance and then something happens or that's when she like starts chasing after her fake self and stuff yeah Uh, i think that didn't actually happen i think she was hallucinating Probably. Well, and it's also implied a bit, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm reading it wrong, that her friend was drugging her. Because there's like a sequence where like her friend comes over, makes her tea, she passes out, feels like she relives the day, comes home, has tea, passes out, and her friend's like, no, we didn't talk yesterday, we were just talking today. And like, it keeps like repeating, like you think it's going to be a Groundhog Day experience, but then it was like stuff that was actually happening happening so Mm. i think her friend was drugging her but maybe i've played a lot of japanese ultimate games and that is a very common trope where like the one that's like obsessed will like start drugging you Mm -hmm. so i think maybe that's what was happening i should have probably looked that up but i don't know it seems like Mm. that's probably what was happening Mm -hmm. so then she's just living her days like already feeling weird hallucinating in like a weird haze from whatever her friend is doing. And that would explain how her friend like is getting in so easily and like planting stuff and killing her fish. Mm-hmm. That's what I think yeah. was happening. I do also think it's very cool. Like in that final chase scene where it's like alternating between Rumi and the yeah. fake Mima. Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's probably some, <laughs> some like deeper because she's like literally like in her mind fighting herself, but also like cognizant enough to recognize that like, oh no, this is this person will kill me. Like, yeah, she like realizes it. Also, I googled it. Um, Rumi, that's the the friend. Uh, mm. She was drugging her even before the tea. Apparently, she's bringing um. her like cake and stuff, and it's drugged. So that's why she huh. starts like spiraling and hallucinating all the time. So that makes sense. I did think that Mima was going to get hit by the car at the end. I thought so like, too. Trying to, <laughs> trying to save Rumi. Why would oh she try gosh. to save her? I guess because it shows she's a good person. She, yeah. I would also do the same thing, but watching the movie, I'm like, what? <laughs> like, Don't do that. <laughs> watching her like accidentally stab herself because she's trying to get, what, what, was it a wig? Is that what she was trying to, or something? Something. She was reaching for something and then stabs herself and then just walks out into the middle of the street. Like, ugh. That scene is so stressful. It's so good, though. Apparently, there's a live-action version, too, but I don't think it did very well. 
I could see this as like a stage play. Oh, yes. For sure. Definitely. Yeah, okay. In 2002, there was an attempt to bring it to a live action setting, but it was not very good. <laughs> hmm. They were trying to just like recreate the novel, though, apparently. Oh, okay. And I think the animated film veered a lot from the novel. Mm-hmm. Because he just didn't want to, he didn't want to do something that he wasn't interested in. Which is good that he didn't. Because yeah. I feel like you get better art when you're not forced to do something. Mm-hmm. Which kind of plays into the plot of this movie. Right. Like she's mm-hmm. forced to do stuff she doesn't want to, so she's not creating stuff that she wants to. I just love this movie. Everyone should watch this movie. Because I feel like <laughs> us discussing it does not do it justice because of the amazing art in the movie. Right. The art so good and it's one of those things that i'm like it doesn't need a live action just like akira doesn't need a live action oh yeah i forgot that's the thing that's happening i think it's not going to i don't know i hope not scarlett johansson's like oh put me in it <laughs> <laughs> i want to be in akira who there is like an american version like live action version being planned but i don't remember like any details about who's attached to it i'm reading it now we're veering off topic for a second that's okay um announced a few years ago blah 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 in 2019 warner brothers blah blah blah, blah. oh it's gonna be taika oh yeah <laughs> your mic cut out of it so you said uh yeah. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, he's a but, big old nerd. But he's busy now. Oh. Oh yeah. He's, so he's Star dead. Wars. <laughs> so it might not be him. Oh yeah, because he got he did he got all that that Marvel that Marvel cred, and yeah. then our flag means death, and then literally everything he works on, he, he he's like one of my favorite directors. I love him. I would still be nervous. Yeah, about... I would be nervous too. Like, I they have to get a Japanese director. Like, I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> I just Akira is one of those things that it's like you can't. Fuck even it up. like, even like, there's there's so much like source material within the manga that that isn't mm-hmm. addressed in the movie. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I feel like they tried to pull from that, but also, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, apparently he still has the rights to it, but he's too busy, so... I don't know. We'll see. Honestly, I hope it just doesn't go forward. I, I don't... It does, make, it does make me laugh every time they... <laughs> every time the English dub says, Canada! <laughs> Canada! I've been watching <laughs> Evangelion again, and I've been switching between sub and dub, depending on if I'm, like busy or not like if i'm doing something else and like just mm-hmm. one in the background i switch it to english and the, the dub is actually not that bad but there's some stuff that i'm like that's not right they're not saying that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like that's incorrect yeah i think i i think i started with dub for that one which it was the the netflix dub because they brought in like a new cast yeah i just i the vibes maybe i'm a snob but like Late eighties, early nineties anime is like it's so good. It's so it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. And there's good modern anime too. I mean, like look at Chainsaw Man. But it's just mm-hmm. different. The vibes are so different. Well, it's like and we've talked about like film and and entertainment media 
mm. and art forms being like a reflection of like the time and uh, environment that they were produced in. Yeah. And there was just a lot of like very interesting stuff with like the economic bubble popping in Japan and a whole lot of, I, I, I just think it's interesting. It's interesting. And it's like not something that we are entirely familiar with. Like there are themes that travel across obviously, but like, you know, yeah. situation it's, it's it's a little different it is a little, it is a little different and i think it's doubly so when it's like horror because like i mean everyone talks about 80s horror 70s 80s horror and it's like so different from modern horror so mm-hmm. you remember back in like the early 2010s like every movie was <laughs> was about the world ending oh my giant, gosh like, yes like cataclysmic because everybody was convinced that like global warming i mean global warming will destroy us all yes but like they thought it was <laughs> going you know, to like, like really fast like 2012 specifically like day after tomorrow there was a movie called 2012 but it's just like yeah. there for a, lot, a little bit like every single horror movie was about like the world's oh, gonna no, end the weather's killing us freaking the happening day after tomorrow <sighs> what's that nicholas cage one with the numbers numbers is, is that what it's called? <laughs> I think so. Hold on. Oh, it's called Knowing. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. there's like a kid that yeah, knows. That knows. <laughs> he knows. He, he knows. <laughs> but it is interesting. I wonder, so like, what's the current, like, trope? Like, what's existential I, it, dread? I mean, a lot of it is just like, we've gone back to ai black mirror type oh, stuff that's that, like, true our technology is gonna kill us they might and social medias <laughs> I, I don't ever want an ai me i would like to make that very clear <laughs> out in the public i don't ever want an ai me if i die you're not talking to an ai me <laughs> don't do it don't do it don't talk to ai me mm-hmm. people are talking to ai anime characters like that you can like talk to a character that is an ai and i feel like that's very bad for people's brains streams about it and stuff it's weird oh my gosh it's so bad stop (laughs) stop (laughs) please it It stresses me out (laughs) oh let's go back to 80s horror (laughs) but it's like all ai stuff is just like rich tech bros like bullshitting people on the capabilities of their stuff and like not knowing how it works themselves it's scary i don't like it adam conover does like a, a lot of like his stuff is just generally like very good but he was saying or he had a video come out recently where he was talking about ai and like how people will hype up to investors that it's like this thing that is is even like artificial intelligence itself is misleading as a name because it's just a whole lot of formulas that have to be like routinely maintained like he was saying that they're like that that type of work gets outsourced to places where they can pay like two dollars an hour to make sure that ai like chat chat gpt is that what it's called yeah um like literally run by people who make two dollars an hour just so it doesn't fucking fall apart so bad so again it all goes back to 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 capitalism the true horror honestly yeah, for real <laughs> <laughs> like it just it just is <laughs> oh so, yeah. so what you should take away from this episode is capitalism bad capitalism leads to parasocial <laughs> relationship capitalism well, leads like, to like, dystopian hellscapes 
<laughs> I think I haven't seen it yet, but from everything that I've read, like bodies, bodies, bodies is like supposed to be peak, like mm, I do want to see Gen that. Z horror comedy type. I like, heard like, it's good. Like it perfectly encap- encapsulates like social media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting. We could you could almost spend an entire podcast like breaking down decades and talking oh, about that'd be like so fun. What was scary? Because we and we've done it like periodically. Like we mm-hmm. talked about like with Halloween, what made that movie so scary when it first came out? It's just like the idea that like. Your house is not as safe as you would like to think it is. Yeah. Um, and this one is like, you could be being stalked. <laughs> I'm always, yeah, I'm always yeah. scared of that anyway. I think this movie mm-hmm. is so realistic for me. I've been stalked. I don't know if we want to have a little fun mini side story time, but I've been stalked before and it's scary and it feels like this. He would like call up to my work and tell me to make him pies. What? Yeah. He was like, I know you're at work right now. Like, I'm not joking. You have to make me a pie. Like, I would have to make, like, the my male employees come up there with me. Because I was like, ugh. It's like some guy got my info off my card when I paid for my food at his job. That's so gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he got my... It's like, we, like I, I know I have personally, like, made efforts to, like, keep a lot more of my stuff private. And, like, VTubing helps a whole lot Mm -hmm. um i'm still like okay with like you know people knowing that i i have a face yeah uh, me too me too like i don't want to take pictures of like any background stuff or you know like identifying landmarks because i just it's so scary it's so scary i i found my old tumblr the other day because i accidentally logged in with the wrong email and it logged me into my old tumblr (laughs) and i had Uh a string of anonymous messages that i'm assuming spanned years from the mm. same person and they were the scariest like it was just escalating like they just kept yeah. getting more and more angry that i wasn't acknowledging them and you could tell it was from different years because they would reference stuff going on like on my twitter or, like on stream and stuff and mm. i've never been so scared like that person's probably listening that person's probably listening and probably watches my stream and i can't do anything about it and i'm just like oh god like, well, we have a new podcast feed, so maybe I mean, not. Maybe not. No, but I think like they, they just always know. And I'm like, and it's not mm-hmm. that guy. So there's like multiple weirdos out there. Like, don't yeah, be creepy. No, and like, what can I do? Nothing. Yeah. Just be careful. Use VPN. And yeah. Well, and like of, the thing about your metadata. Like, oh, I bought dinner. That's mm. how someone felt. Fa- like, are you kidding me? Like, it's just not. That's so what someone sent me a video the other day of like a person had a picture where like their key was in like the key to their house was in frame. So somebody used that picture to like make a replica of that key. It's like fucking stop it. It's like, so ugh. creepy. I hate that. Like people who can there's a whole there's there's this guy on TikTok who like literally uh, he will look at pictures and be like, oh, I recognize this type of grass or like this type of architecture and will like pinpoint where the photo or video was taken. Ooh. I fucking I hate that I shit. I believe it because so I was much. I was streaming GeoGuessr once and mm-hmm. I said out loud, this could be by my house and then zoomed into a like a sign and it was my area code. And I was like, oh shit. Oh. So like you literally can like, <laughs> like recognize I hate, where, I hate it. I was like, oh no. <laughs> like trying to play it off like I didn't know. Like, oh 
<laughs> I just almost doxed myself. <laughs> Anyways, uh, internet security is scary. Stalking is scary. <laughs> this episode's kind of like a PSA, but honestly, we had a real, that's what the movie <laughs> is about. No, like, I think it's interesting that, like, because I've, I've talked about, like, there's not a whole lot in horror that, like, actually scares me. But, like, these, these real world implications mm. and, like, parallels with stuff that I have experienced, like, fucking scary. I don't yeah. like it. I, Cut that shit out. <laughs> yeah. The only horror I get real scared of is realistic stuff, like, realistic scenarios like this. Like, everything that happened to her could happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's like the scariest horror. Like ghosts, yeah, whatever. Cults are kind of scary, I guess, but eh. <laughs> religious trauma. <gasps> Speaking of religious trauma, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I have a public service announcement for all listeners. Don't watch the movie, The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, don't watch that movie. It's so bad. I've never walked out of a theater. That's the first time I've ever left a movie. And we weren't even halfway through. Like, when I'm telling you, I left the movie to go to the bathroom at one point because I was like, I can't can't watch this. And then I went back in the movie and then my friend was like, I can't do this. So we we left again. And then out come my other two friends, like, with my purse and our stuff. And we're like, no. (laughs) We're like, we're "We're not doing this. Like, we're not watching this movie. Because it's so bad don't watch it which, which like music. after you told me about that on saturday and then i talked to my dad about it today he was saying that like i don't know we were just talking about movies and he was like oh your sibling uh took your five-year-old niece no. to go see the pope's exorcist <laughs> <laughs> and his reaction was that's a weird movie and i was like my my friend said it's the first movie that they walked out of it's like so ever. Bad. It's so bad. It's just so like why would you take her to that? A five-year-old. No. Given the details that you told there's me, where scene. there's like a child possession. Yes, like... let me. I mean, they kill a pig in the first like two seconds, but that's the most exhilarating thing that happens because then they do nothing. There's a bunch of men speaking Italian to the Pope, and Russell Crowe is being like a naughty little exorcist and. <laughs> Spoilers for the Pope's Exorcist. Oh, sorry, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I can't really spoil it because I did not finish it. But this kid gets possessed, and I was falling asleep, and I bolted up because the little kid grabs his mom's boobs and goes, "You never breastfed me, mommy." And <sighs> I, <laughs> and, and the mom's response is, my, "Like she goes, what the fuck?" And <laughs> yes yeah because like what but that's the first time i left i was after that because i was like oh no and and i don't evil dead good we saw that oh yes evil dead good that's something positive evil dead very good best scary movie of the year so far yeah well i really like scream I enjoyed Scream. I think I liked this a little bit more. There were parts yeah. where I was laughing and nobody else was, and that just made it funnier to me. <laughs> I know, you were laughing, and I was like, oh, no. There are so many parts throughout it where it's like, how can you not, how can you not let out a little teehee? Well, I would, but whenever no one else is, well, I guess you were, but like no one else I'm, in the theater was, <laughs> my brain, like my autism goes, no, don't make yourself known. I don't think I'm capable of laughing quietly. Like I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I'm very good at pretending funny, to be I a laughs. robot. <laughs> That's why like I get, I get in like 
trouble not really when people tell me stories at work about so we have a break room at work mm-hmm. uh, that has like glass walls and people were like regularly running into it and, <laughs> <laughs> and so occasionally you could just be chilling and then you hear like a thunk as people run like head first into this wall so they put like frosted glass like literally like at at face like eye level so that you don't run into it. <laughs> like, That's so like someone funny. my coworker was telling me about someone who like bonked off of it. I just like started laughing because I can't. <laughs> That's it's so, so funny. funny. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Anyways, anyway. perfect blue. Yeah, it's a good movie. Y'all should watch it. <laughs> You should watch it and be careful going into it yes. if those topics are things that you're sensitive towards because mm-hmm. it is a lot. It's a lot. It's, yeah. I I feel like I'm in a place now where I can handle watching stuff like that, but if I had, like, watched it before I ever watched it, I would have just been like, nope. <laughs> yeah, where, where a lot of movies would cut away now and, like, leave the implication there, this does not. Mm-mm. So. It's an extremely that. graphic scene. Keep that in mind. But that's all I have. Um, that's all I have to add for. I think that's all that I've got to our next animated movie will probably be like Paranorman or something. <laughs> Less heavy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what we're gonna cover next, but we'll see. I think we're due for something new. Yeah, I think so. Which is exciting because there's a lot to choose from. There's that new one coming out where they grab the hand and then the spirits come. Not like that. They like. <laughs> the spirits, oh, yeah. yeah. There's like it's like a game. Yeah. Like, and then the spirits are like connected or whatever. And it's got dead parents. Yeah. Apparently it's going to be really scary. I'm always skeptical though when they're like, this will be the scariest movie you ever watch. It's like. It's not even out well, People yet. were saying that Evil Dead was going to make make people barf. I but... can see where it would. I follow a guy who works at a movie theater and someone did. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I think if you go into that movie and you're not used to gore, yes, it could make you puke. Did you know that they're filming a sequel to the, to the Nicole Kidman AMC theater thing? No way. <laughs> Wait, are they going to get rid of Nicole Kidman? No, I think she's coming back for it. It's oh, just going to be a different one. I went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was sitting next to my friend who I don't like talk to that often. I mean, we talk, but like not as often. He doesn't know me like as well. And I I turned to him and I was like, oh, she's here. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh. And then I turned to him and I was like, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, please. It's like Nicole. I mean, we've been going to a local theater on Tuesdays because it's five dollars, and she's not there. And I'm always like, heartbreak doesn't heartbreak doesn't feel good in a place like this. <laughs> she's not here. Oh man, I wonder what the sequel will be. I can't wait to find out. I hope she sings in it. <laughs> Figured you would appreciate that. I do. I'm very excited. I'm gonna have to tell everyone. I'm, I'm going to the group chat right now. yeah thanks for listening thank y'all have a good time (laughs) wherever you are Bye. bye you've been listening to monster masquerade 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet and consider sharing the show with a friend. If you have a suggestion or topic you'd like to see us discuss, hop on over to our Patreon to unlock exclusive bonus content and do just that. And we'd super appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It's the fastest way to help the show grow. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts. 